listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Wait, stop. Do not skip this intro part of the show. Why? Because I have something very important to you, tell you right now, which is on this week's episode of Garbage Time, we rank all of the SNL studio movies from best to worst, and the result of the worst movie that SNL Studios ever made becomes the movie that we make John watch. If you want to hear that episode, it's a really fun episode of Garbage Time. Go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 90s Deluxe level, and you'll be able to get that episode of Garbage Time the Friday after this episode of 90s came out. So that'll be, uh, I guess, September 10th. Uh, anyway, you're listening to the main episode of the show. Uh, we talk about a bunch of things in this episode. We talk about Bed Bath & Beyond. We talk about Sandman. We talk about Neil Gaiman, Clerks 3. Uh, Kevin Smith released a movie called Killray Was Here, but he released it as an NFT. We talk about Clone Wars. We talk about She-Hulk, A League of Their Own, Rings of Power, uh, CM Punk's press conference over the weekend, and a bunch of other wrestling stuff. Uh, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. You're listening to the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Featuring Scott, who doesn't have his camera on because his computer is falling apart. And John, who's lying on the floor because his body is falling apart. True. And okay. me. I guess I have bad eyesight. That's my thing. Pop quiz, Hotshots. Uh-huh. You are investing in a company. Uh-huh. And the chief financial officer throws himself out of his multi-million dollar apartment, screaming into the night, and crashes into the cement and perishes. Do we know? Do What was he screaming? I'm actually not sure, and I'm, I also guessed that he was screaming. He might not have been doing that. I feel there's something would be like stoic of like falling in silence as you as you as you as you gaze on a computer screen, and you realize that not only are you perhaps in financial ruin, but you've caused a financial ruin for like a bunch of people. And then you just like you're like it's time, and you just like boop. Like remember how in Game of Thrones when like the sparrow was just like uh, not sparrow. Uh, I don't know. You don't know if you watched it all. Not Joffrey. No, Joffrey's kid brother, Tommen. Joffrey's kid brother. Tommen. Tommen? Tommen. Tommen. There's like a great moment. It's one of the best moments in the series where like the they, they blow up the, the crypt or what, or not the crypt. They blow up the temple with like all of his family inside and like most oh, yeah, of the sparrows yeah. inside and everything else. And then he's just sort of like, well, and then it's just like, whoop, and just like walks out of a tower, like just like heads up to a tower window and it's like, Hip! and just like leans out, no screaming or nothing. It's just like super casual. I feel <laughs> that if you're going to go out the window... That's like the much more, like, like I I I've just everything is ruined. Um, but I feel that you're like that was the precursor to like the stock market crash in the '80s, right? A bunch of like I mean, financial that, that exo- officers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I feel that if this is happening today, I would be upset at my investment that I invested well, in that company. Yeah, that, that was the pop quiz because some people ch- t- took this death as an opportunity to double down on their bets on Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm-hmm. You guys might not have heard of this, but BBBY mm-hmm. was the new meme stock after uh, GME, mm-hmm. game stock, mm-hmm. game stomps. Anywho, yep. uh, the the stock the price of the stock cratered afterwards. The guy was being investigated for uh, enormous levels of fraud, and just last week the company laid off twenty percent of their people and are shuttering one hundred and fifty stores. 
And uh, and you're saying that the uh, Wall Street bets are like always bet on triple B. Well, they were right up until the whole story became completely open. And it turned out that the guy – so this is the number that I had heard is that he had um, bought and sold shares illegally. I'm not really sure about the legality of how these guys do it, but I think they have to report their filings, blah, blah, blah. So he was like being investigated for insider trading. And what they say is that he made like a million dollars off of early sales. Mm-hmm. The guy had a multi-million dollar – like he, one of the like Manhattan Lego building apartments, you know, like – his, like what, what's a million dollars? What's a million and on top of that, too, at, right. if you're in a big company and you're a multimillionaire, you're like, you know, you're like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, go away for six months? Tops? Right. <laughs> you know? So right. it's like, is this way? Like, it needs to be, I think, much worse than that to, to approach the, like, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. People level. are writing in the threads. You know, sometimes you feel personal responsibility for all the lives you've ruined. I'm not sure. I, honestly, I don't think you can get to be a CFO if you do. <laughs> and have feelings? Nope. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah, you you can't get to the C level organization of like a multi million dollar company while like, wor- you're worrying worrying about yeah like you can't be yeah. doing that worrying about all the people working for you yeah or investing in you or whatever else I feel there's there's something deeper there. Uh huh. Scott, you always need to just pipe up because we have no idea if you're just looking pensive if you're like reading a comic book. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I'm not very stock market savvy, but. Uh, if you're a multi-millionaire CFO person, um, I'm saying cocaine is not always not a factor. Mm. You know? <laughs> so you're saying you were just like, I'm going to live forever! And then like that's why he like, flew out the window. Which again goes back to, we don't know if he screamed or not. And if it was, <laughs> I'm going to live forever, then you know, I'll take my apologies. Yeah. Do you guys ever see the movie Way Downtown? Way Downtown? I don't think no. I have. It's a Canadian uh, production. It's filmed in the like in the Calgary uh, like Skywalk district, and like the the central point of it. It's kind of it's very much like a '90s kind of Gen Xy kind of flick, where it's a bunch of people who are all all kind of have like cogs in the. It's not set in Calgary. It's filmed in Calgary. It's set. It's set in like a, a area that we're supposed to believe is a much more like sprawling Irving metropolis because we know that the calgary skywalk town is not actually like <laughs> this massive area uh but yeah and it's just like it's a bunch of like kind of like low-level desk jockey guys uh who all have a bet to like not go outside the longest and like live in there like because they all have apartment buildings that connect into the skywalk region that also mm-hmm. connects to their jobs God, this sounds like so a have, pre-covid like, a... movie <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah uh but anyway uh don don mckeller is a character who is just like kind of a background character who's just quietly quietly trying to like kill himself like in the in this corporate environment as like just sort of like the rest of them sort of like meander through their like ho-hum i'm i'm a gen x kind of like uh, upset at my job vibe and one of the greatest scenes is uh where he has like a coke bottle full of pennies to try to smash the window and he goes for like a spinning like discus style attack and it just bounces off the window and like <laughs> smacks back at him <laughs> and everyone's like are you okay there bud like no one even like takes notice of the fact that the guy's clearly trying to like smash the office building window to get out how does it anyway. compare it to office space it sounds like it's in that zone uh it's a lot more like i said it, it's it's office space by way of like reality bites though it's like it's a lot less mike judge like uh like workplace Characters. comedy it's a lot more kind of like 
like that that Gen X like oh, oh, oh man and like everybody's like snarky and kind of like over it and they're all like a little cooler than they think they are and, and all that or they're all a little less cool than they think they are uh-huh. like <clears throat> yeah kind of like take the cast of take the cast of Reality Bites and like shoot them into office space and you kind of end up it's a fun movie I like it yeah. it was like it's quaint <laughs> and you know jokes about workplace suicide when can't do that anymore on that note by the way. Two weeks ago, I, once again, it's that time, listener, we're at episode like 270 or something, so one of us watched Heathers again. What a great movie. Yay! (laughs) In in the realm of movies that cannot get remade ever. (laughs) What a treasure that film is, though. (laughs) Every time, it's so weird. Yeah. There's so much just weirdness and just completely like, oh, the worst is I watched some of the the making of vignettes. And Christian Slater was like, oh, he's like, it's kind of like revenge for the nerds. It's like some nerds who have like been picked on too long and kind of like getting their revenge. I'm like, that's not the movie, Christian Slater. What are you talking about? I think you're the bad guy, Chris. (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) I think you might have missed that part. (laughs) Oh, my God. He is one of those people who missed the point of Heathers. There's so many of them. He's one of them. He was like like doing press for the film. And I was like, you don't don't know where you were in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But I have all the cool lines. Exactly. <clears throat> Greetings and salutations. Mm-hmm. Christian Slater. Uh, he's the worst. He's so creepy. Stop teenage suicide. Yep, teenage suicide. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. The decision whether or not to commit suicide is one of the most important decisions a teenager could make. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's just... We were like watching it with a group of people, uh, and they were they were just like they're all like, "Man, thank goodness this movie exists!" Like it, it like snuck in at a time where it's like self aware enough that while like it is absolutely like offensive in the like the like the PC sense of it, it's like self aware enough that if you're actually watching it and like what Scott was saying, like you get the point. It's not actually like you know, aggressively offensive to, like, actual sensibilities. Like, if you understand... I just want a sticker on my dick and then spin her around like a helicopter. Yeah, but, like, that guy's not, like... (laughs) That's not a character... Your sensibilities? No, but that's not a character who is meant to, you know, be, like... Yeah. Yeah. Looked up to and, like, whatever else. Like, that's one of the things, like, it it ages, I think, significantly better than something like American Pie, where, as people point out, the main characters of the film like set up a spy cam to spy on the foreign exchange student and it's just played for hilarious laughs and that was like in like the 2000s man like this wasn't like porkies in the 80s or whatever like this was a pretty modern movie like wait what's older what's older american pie or logan mayu uh probably american pie i think actually now that i say it because 99 has been the year that's been floating around with woodstock whatever Mm -hmm. else like that i think american pie might have been 1999 also right so in that case logan mayu is younger than american pie product of his generation he might have been was here's the question is is was he by the time he was watching movies they definitely all of the trilogies and spinoffs existed right like he had the whole america verse at his at his fingertips and he was like, this is how to be a man. Yeah. yeah. Who is this? Oh, he's, he's the, the dum-dum that the the Habs drafted. We talked about this like a year ago when okay. they, they drafted a guy who thought it was okay to uh, take a picture of uh, the lady he was having sex with and then show it to the locker room. And that's not an okay thing to do. Yeah. Especially when you're about to become a public figure drafted by a famous sports team. 
Womp womp. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, please don't draft me. And then the Habs were like, yeah, I'll draft you anyway. And then everybody was like, that's not a cool look. <laughs> and then it was like, don't worry. Our general manager was involved in, you know, the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks. I was going to say, what, isn't it on brand? Kind of. And that, that was the... Anyway... <clears throat> we have new we have, we have new leap management now at the Habs. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All those guys are gone except for Logan Mayu. He's still, you know, we still have the rights to him because we can't even get rid of them if we wanted to. At all. At all. Nobody would touch him. Uh, so what's up? What's up, guys? Uh, I started a new job and my baby ain't sleeping, so I haven't been doing anything. That's exciting. That's except for watching two episodes of um, Sandman. Come sable. Yeah, I don't know if that's the transition. So I was watching a couple episodes of the Sandman. I think I'm. I You're think at I eight two, of ten, no? Two, yeah, eight of well, eight of eleven. But eleven is episode eleven is one of those like little side stories, okay. or two side stories. I want to say. Uh, and I was like, man, I I've never read the series back to back. My old roommate Mark was a real big fan, and he had like a smattering of trades and singles of them. So I've like I've gotten a couple like piecemeal bits, mm-hmm. like. Uh, and I was like, man, I really remember the Sandman being kind of like a mopey emo goth guy. And yeah. like the show, he certainly is. And then I've gone back and I'm I'm about maybe like eight or nine issues into the comics run. I'm like almost done the Doll's House run in the comics. And I was like, man, what an epo, emo mopey goth guy. I'm like how he is like this beloved figure. Like IGN or something like rated him as like the 15th best comic hero like of all time, huh? And I was like, "Real? Uh, maybe they're were they trying to score this... literary cred? You know, like were there not no, other? No, but they like they ranked like Morpheus the Sandman as like the fifteenth best hero, not like the best comic series, right? Which I think that it it, it maybe has a bit of a be- bigger claim to. But I'm like, also, I'm like, I don't like, I don't even think it does. It's that great. <laughs> like even just like reading the comics, it's absolutely cool. I think it's very cool for what it was happening at the time like in the oh yeah in the late eight like in the late 80s early 90s it was it was like a very like oh shit this is this is something else that can be done it is fucking weird and it and it needed to be comics needed something that wasn't wolverine dark knight returns um rob liefeld's todd mcfarlane like why people turn to it on mass makes perfect sense because if you weren't into the hyper-masculine, anti-hero, hyper-violent characters, then this was just like like a cold shower, right? Just jumping into it like, ah, it's so different. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to look up exactly when, like, Grant Morrison took Doom Patrol, and I think it's 92, right? So, like, you, you can argue that you don't even get some of that, like, grant morrison weirdness without sandman or like you don't necessarily get that like that people off the leash and stuff right yeah no swamp like, thing alan the swamp thing predates or post Swamp thing this. predates this oh yeah by by a mile like alan moore i think always had his his he was allowed to do whatever yeah. <laughs> alan moore had been allowed to do whatever for a while one of the things that i will say about the comic that's really not necessarily missing and i mean because certainly the comic book as it progresses, it has less and less to do with the DC universe. But in the first like six or seven issues, like it's like tied into the DC universe. Like when, um, like when John D like escapes, mm-hmm. like uh, like from I think you're you're kind of building up to that. 
right? I think where you are, John. John. Um, uh, no. John D is the man who's like locked in the prison. I think he shows up right at the end of episode two. Oh, I actually didn't catch that his name was John D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that that makes a little bit more sense now. About it. they're they're definitely building him up as the villain, and he did awesome. I don't know if you watched Fargo. Yeah, he was yeah, the villain yeah. in the third da- season of Daniel Thuellis. David fucking David Thuellis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but either way, like when he where, where he breaks out of in the comics is like straight up Arkham, and like Scarecrow is there, being like, "What's up?" <laughs> like huh. and stuff, like cool. which is kind of like it's just like oh, there's a little like neat little nod there, and there's a couple other things too. Like they tie it into during the period that the Sandman is like not controlling dreams is when the other Sandman uh, gains popularity, who's just like kind of like the 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 masked vigilante version of Sandman, who's like a DC. Like, Golden Age guy, yeah. Silver Age, Golden Age, Age? hero, Justice yeah. Society member. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he just had like a gas mask and was like, Psh! just like gassed people and put them to sleep, but was like, otherwise just a, a rich vigilante guy. So like that would have happened in the like, in the DC verse in like the 1950s, right? Which at which point Sandman was there, no, so it was pre-war. like pre-war, 30s, yeah. very pleasant. like a, a DC version of the Shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read the first trade of it, and yeah, you're right. It's absolutely, like, people don't even have, like, phones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to, like, call buildings and ask for them. <laughs> Does the comics have a wisecracking foil raven? I don't know that he totally works. It just... It's kind of weird. Patton Oswalt's voice like, comes like, up like, and so you're he like, does, hmm. he doesn't. he doesn't... I haven't gotten to his backstory yet in the comics, but he's popped up for the first time in the comics. And he's like, I don't know what you mean, boss, send me out there. And like, whatever else like that it is, it does seem to be like written with kind of like a, a slangy drawl for no reason. He comes in and like, there is not even an explanation as much as there is in the show, huh. which I, I'm almost everything seems to be tied in correctly to the comic. So I think that the, that backstory that Matthew explains when he pops up, for the first time is probably going to be his backstory. But in the comic, just this like he pops up and he's like certainly seems to be like wisecracking for no reason. And Morpheus is just like, oh Matthew, like go and monitor the dream vortex. And whenever like he yeah. <laughs> just like sends him away, and I'm like, well, this freaking Raven just shows up in the comics with like <laughs> no introduction in like issue ten or whatever. Like Wow. So yes. <laughs> Answered your question. I don't know if he He's necessarily going to be uh, as much of like an exposition machine as he kind of is used in the show. Like to yeah. be like, what's going on here? What's going on here? But he does seem to be like a newly formed like dream being in the comics who is like not used to his like role or taking jobs from Morpheus. And he definitely does seem to be kind of like kind of just like a dude who's like a little bit like wisecracking and out of his sorts. I feel like it, the storytelling is a little bit trapped you know, like, you don't want to do those exposition characters or, like, have spoken exposition all the fucking time. But yeah. it's really hard to understand the stakes of the show, of the character, of the storylines without knowing more than they have time to explain to you, you know, sure. in, the, in the show. The comic does it, too, though. Like, the comic explains it, like, piecemeal and, like, very, very slowly. Like, if you're, like, you're, like, what does anything mean? The comic is in no rush to, like, tell you. Like, even to try to get the scope of what the dreaming is or like what the endless are and like yeah. why they're like not like they're not really gods they're just 
these like anthropomorphic like versions of concepts you know like each with their domain and stuff like it's it's pretty weird it also like doesn't really explain why like death is the most well-adjusted of them you know is it the same death who is intended to be on thanos's shoulder is there a connection between these different comic different 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 verses dc versus marvel buddy right 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 yeah yeah but it's also not like death in the is death a character in DC other than the Sandman death, Scott? I mean, they've shown like typical angel of death, death, Grim, Grim Reaper, Reaper type stuff, right. but not the endless death. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Because like they, they kind of like they also. I mean, like with Lucifer and stuff, they do allude to like the creator and whatever. And that's yeah. what I'm saying is, I think like the angel of death is another person other than death of the endless. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That was so a like fun that. scene with Lucifer. Kind of like shades of the Tilda Swinton Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very much so. I, I also, and I also like the, the, the little... Tilda Swinton? Uh, Tilda Swinton from? John Constantine was not Lucifer. Was she was... Uh, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. She was, she was Gabriel? Uh, Gabriel, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. somewhere, somewhere else. Has she played? Cause, hmm. Has Tilda Swinton I'm, been I'm, the devil? I'm looking it up, man. I feel like she was, but you, I think you're probably Lucifer right. Lucifer and Constantine her, so. was that older dude with the white suit and the black dripping out. Oh, man, he was so fucking that good. Was great. It was amazing. I will say. I was also like like the, 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 the gender swap of Constantine to just, I think, distance themselves as much as possible from the Arrowverse. Is that right, Scott? I don't think it's that reason. And, <laughs> I'm sure it's part and of it. And a lot of changes they made to characters like i don't i don't care i want to see what's good like death being a black girl don't care that's fine she was great yeah holy shit that is one thing that i will say uh reading the comics man sandman so white like the show does correct that literally every character in the comic is a white person every (laughs) single one (laughs) like there is nobody introduced who is not white yeah but again (laughs) don't care John Constantine yeah, exactly. is a weird character to take a wild twist on in casting. Especially what's weird, what's, what I find weird, is that Johan, like, it's Joanna Constantine, yeah. and Joanna Constantine is already a Constantine in the comics. Uh, and then in the flashback with the, 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 the guy that doesn't die, it's also Joanna Constantine? Yeah. And I was like, that makes it more weird because it's not like the Constantine bloodline. It's just her, right? Where there's like a lot of allusions in both in both Sandman the comic and also the Constantine comics that like the Constantine family has like they're like a lineage of like weirdos who get involved with the supernatural. Like, I so I don't care if they were distancing themselves or not. I think Matt Ryan could have done just fine. Like he had his own mm-hmm. show, and then they brought yeah. him into the Arrowverse without explaining anything which is a hell of a jump for john constantine right, just like <laughs> he's there and a man who needs no introduction introduction john constantine hold on uh <laughs> it's just like I'm, i wear a trench coat and i somehow like know the inner workings of angels and demons and stuff yeah. and i don't really have any powers but i know how to trick them kind of <laughs> like also i believe he fools the devil out of his soul I think isn't that one of the main storylines? He sells his soul to three different devils. Yeah, but there's a point where he's about to die. They they kind of do it in the movie when he when he's like 
he smokes himself to death, and then there's some kind of trick that he uses to get out of it. Well, yeah, because it, it, no one can say, claim single like ownership of the, it. So it's three, like that, that's the loophole. No one can the, claim the it. The three demons, none of them will, uh, will, budge. will budge or show weakness to the other two. And they're just like, fuck it, just go back to Earth until we figure this out. <laughs> Because like they both have a, they both all have like equal claim to his soul, yeah. so his soul has nowhere to go. And they can't like rent it asunder because then it, you know. Did we list can't that split movie? Three ways. No, but we should. I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel like it's one that I've seen a whole stack of times, and I bet you guys have too. I was kind of like, man, when Constantine showed up, I was like, I wish, I wish it was Keanu. It was Keanu. I wish you were Keanu. <laughs> and that wouldn't be terrible either. It would be so good, like yeah. especially especially if it's like. If it was just for the one episode, I was like, oh, man, that would be, like, a perfect use of Netflix yep. money. <laughs> just just have John Constantine, it's played by Keanu Reeves. But, yeah, but it does get weird that it's also Joanna in, in the, the 1800s or whatever it is. So, in the Arrowverse, at one point, Constantine mm-hmm. goes to hell, and he, he knocks on the, the club door to, to see the devil and... Lucifer from the Lucifer TV show, which was not a DC <laughs> Arrowverse show, just opens it up and is like, John Constantine, with his like smarmy, slick, I solve crimes with my police detective partner. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. It was so great. And it, it didn't have to mean anything. Like, people were just like, right. these these two universes are the same universe. People were just like, no, that's, that's the guy. He showed it's up just that for day. funsies. It was great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that episode was also really good. The uh, the one with the time traveling guy. Yep. Well, not time the traveling. Immortal. The the guy who doesn't die. John's not there yet, but he is. Nope. He is amazingly hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, and that that is sh- his, almost every line of dialogue out of that episode. And there's quite a number of them. Like like some of the big like notes kind of like shift around and like change and you can kind of see that they're they're kind of tying it together to make it a little more like linear right like they're like the 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 the, like that whole entire first arc of like him recouping his items that you're in the middle of john like Uh that's a lot more like scattershot piecemeal in the comics it's just kind of like he's just kind of dicking around and there isn't necessarily like a through line that's connecting them together as well but like that episode scott is like i literally just reread the comic of it is almost like word for word line for line like all the dialogue is taken right out of the comic completely yeah. well gaiman is ep right yeah. yeah yeah and script and writer and writer yeah. yeah yeah so that's good wow. and he's he's been involved with it start to finish post finish so mm-hmm. uh I'm enjoying it. Like I said, I'm almost done. I am enjoying it. I, I still don't necessarily get the love affair of it. Like, oh, the the show is way more digestible than the comics are, at least for me. <laughs> like, I like Gaiman. I'm a Gaiman fan. I like comic books. I don't like too many Neil Gaiman comic books. Can, can you can you hit me with excellent Gaiman products? Like, all, all I can think of is, like, Good Omens, that was, like, a co-work with mm-hmm. Terry Pratchett, and then Sandman, and I don't know that much other American Gods. American Gods. Oh, yeah, that was good. Everywhere. That was really good. And, and, and the, the and Anassi, Anassi Boys. Anassi Boys? The Anassi yeah. Boys. Uh, also very But that's, good. like, in the same universe, right? It's, like, also yeah. about the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Neverwhere, Neverwhere, is Neverwhere is very good. Didn't read that. Oh, John. You should check... Well, so, so yeah, Neverwhere, the way to go to Neverwhere, 
is uh, to check out the BBC radio play of it because that was actually the first draft of it. So then it got turned into a comic, then a TV show, or a TV show, then a comic. It was like, but it was weird. But it was like the radio play was, I think, the first pass. Like it was a book and then a TV show. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So, but the but the radio play is like very cool and like pretty star studded too. It's like a BBC produced radio play. Never wears a lot of fun, and you can you know listen to it as opposed to necessarily like um, having to read it. Neil Gaiman yeah. wrote a book called The Graveyard Book, which is one of my all-time favorite books. That it, what's that? It's it's a kid who gets raised in a graveyard by g- the ghosts that live there. It hmm. it was tip top. I I read that book slowly because I didn't want to get to the last page. Like it was really oh, really good. Wow. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot I read of stuff. I read a collection of short stories called Trigger Warnings. Which, that was fun. I liked a lot of those short stories in there. 1602 is clever. Yeah, yeah. I like 1602. I kind of, I think that it, it falters when they had to jam it into continuity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And then it gets a, gets a little squirrely. You you never read 1602, John? I don't think so. It's the Marvel comic where. Oh, maybe I did. It's like, what if the superheroes started popping up way early and then it's all kind of the same ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Daredevil is a swashbuckler. Captain America yeah. is a native blonde man. <laughs> yeah. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. They're not all wins. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I love. I, I always just remember Thor in that, right? Like, like the long, where he's just like the old man, yeah. just like like locked up in the tower until he finally gets me older, and it's like, it's like, but like for every issue, yeah. just the. This old dude sitting in a tower. Also, however, the first like three or four issues, Quicksilver is just running back and forth between North America and Europe across the like ocean. Because <laughs> you're like, how else do you get information across the ocean? Nothing. Certainly nothing faster than old Quicksilver. Hmm. Uh, his Eternals book yeah. was not very good. It was very, very stretch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh-huh. no. like there's, a lot, there's yep. a lot of good yep. stuff out there. Just yeah, I would say more more hits than misses. Certainly, like I don't think I've ever read anything like Neil Gaimany and been like, ugh, gross. You missed you missed the mark on this one, Neil. Right. Not like, shall we say, Kevin Smith? Hmm. Clerks three is coming out, guys, in like a month. Hmm. If this was Kevin Smith discovered an unused script from thirty years ago, I'd be so excited. Sure. Right. <laughs> it was just like, man, he, so he's doing, it, it is getting some kind of a limited theatrical release, thankfully, so you don't have to go see it, but he's doing the little the Q&A tour thing. He's not without, he's with not with any other members of the cast, and it's mm-hmm. like $65 to go see Clerks 3, and I was like, man, we looked at this list on, like, uh, via email chain a week yeah. or two ago. Yeah. You can argue pretty, like, convincingly that Kevin Smith has not done anything good in the last... 20 years uh, wait wait you. wait what about red red state or red uh red state brushes with like creativity yeah right it's not good like there's like a there's like a couple of like but there's good moments yeah exactly yeah. i liked i like red state i'm yeah. a red state guy yeah oh wait a second don't take that quote out. don't take that quote out of context use, it's use, gonna be the uh, show title use that use that for your tiktoks kid use that audio <laughs> Dang it. Uh, but 
like he's, it's not like the work of a horror master or anything, right? No. Like there's a couple of re- like really cool monologues in it, and and some of the shooting is like is done pretty well. What Red State did and... really well was the model that he's using for Clark's Three. He paid for it himself, and he tours it and makes a lot of the money back, and doesn't have to cut out, mm. like give cuts to distributors and stuff. Wait, but he, yeah, but he is getting some. He the like Clerks Three is big enough that there is a distribution deal in addition to this. But the tour, so, is yeah, what so finances the film after the fact. Yeah, but even Red State, Red State was or Red State was two thousand eleven. Okay, so Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma. Pretty much that's that's ninety four to ninety nine. All of them good, funny movies. Sure. <clears throat> Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back starts starts getting squirrely. Absolutely, like heads way more into the stoner comedy zone. Yeah, but it's pretty okay, stupid. You can't point. say that Mallrats wasn't a stoner comedy. Not like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Not was. like Jay and Silent Bob, but it was they're, still there. Jay and Silent they're Bob all is stoner. A bad funny movie. It's it's like, dude, where's my car? You're like, this is bad, right. but it's great. Yeah. 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 Jersey Girl is the worst piece of trash probably in his resume no. i like jersey girl it was fine it wasn't it was, it was fine it wasn't great it wasn't like hey guys get get together we're gonna watch it i watched it it was fine it was fine yeah so i'm saying like two, 2000 i mean okay i would say below fine sure <laughs> anyway whatever. clerks yeah, two you can clerks also put two, chasing clerks... amy down in below fine territory there's some parts of that that did not age well at all did not age well the but movie. like it was <laughs> the plot <laughs> Yes, the, yeah, whole, the, the whole thing did not age well. Yeah, the whole movie, the whole movie did not age well. But like performances and acting wise and whatever else like that, it was like I think it was a I think it's a good movie. It just does not age well. Yeah, like yeah. Jersey Girl is a bad movie, regardless of how yeah, it ages. Fine. Clerks two. I did not like it at all. I liked bits and pieces of it, but like pretty much just because Randall. Like, yeah, that's it. Just the thrill of seeing Randall back again. Exactly. Seeing Randall be Randall was enough to make me enjoy it. Zack and Miri make a porno is okay. Sure. Yep. Yep. Then Cop Out is bad. Very bad. Red State's okay. Tusk is... Almost unwatchable. It's kind of... It's a good joke. Yoga Hosers is awful. Didn't make it more than halfway through the movie. Really? We went to see it at the the premiere. (laughs) Yeah, we saw the Fantasia Fest. Yeah. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Didn't watch it. I've not had the not had the guts. I didn't to watch. see it. Yeah. What about uh, the cartoon? You got to put the cartoon in there. Six episodes. Oh, Pow. Oh, Flashback episode. Yeah. Yeah. Clerks the cartoon show. Also, but though that that also hang on. It's yeah. important. That also came out in the nineties. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. Yeah, man. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Huh. Television. Man, but that that was kind of ahead of its time. Did they not do a flashback episode for the first episode? I think it's the second. I think the second like, episode the is second the flashback flashes episode. back to the first one. Yeah. yeah. But I know that the first one, the first episode starts with, like, previously on Clerks. Boop! Like, that's, like, the first <laughs> thing you see in the show. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, when was when was the Clerks the TV show? Clerks the Animated Series. Okay, so 2000 to 2001. All right. Six episodes. Man, those are funny. Yeah. That was, I think that was his last brush with, like, greatness. Was the Clerks animated that, TV that show? That was a thing you find at HMV, and you're just like, "Ooh, they have it on DVD." Wait, what? I am taking yeah. this. <laughs> oh man! So he also released, apparently, in the last year or two, a movie called, or this year, a movie called Kilroy Was Here, which was released as exclusively as a, one of five thousand NFTs. Wow! Is it and a history like, of the Kilroy Was Here meme? 
It is. Uh, it, well, it's the. Do you know the, what that is? Yeah, yeah. Killer was here. It was the the little thing etched inside of the war boats, right? The little yeah, guy. There, it was like a little a little graffiti that World War One guys would put all over the place when they were tromping around Europe. Yeah. So yeah, it is a comedy horror anthology film. So, but yeah, it's uh, centered around the Kilroy was here graffiti meme kind of crazy. Thing. But yeah, it was released as five thousand five hundred fifty five NFTs in July twenty twenty two. Did they all I sell? Know. I don't know. Because <laughs> maybe we could get one for like seven dollars, and I, I might do that. We could Kilroy watch it. was here NFT for sale. <laughs> Guys, I got bad news. Uh-oh. I'm on. I'm on KilroyWasHere.io, and I've absolutely no idea how to do this. It says I have to connect my Kepler wallet. It tells me that the 25% of Stage One Premier Drop was here. NFT is made possible by the public and to White Slash Council of Guild holders. Then it says collectors in Austin enjoy an in-person screening. I don't even know. The NFT drops in Legend DAO. I don't know enough about NFTs to make this happen, even if I uh-huh. wanted to. I need... Maybe we'll have to research Kilroy it. Kilroy Was Here of... is the first ever full-length film is minted as a truly decentralized NFT on Secret Network. What the hell? I don't know how is it. This will be awesome, even if the movie sucks. What does each NFT contain? A, a Kilroy Was Here PFP provides the following benefits. One Kilroy Was Here PFP, access to the Kilroy Was Here feature-length film, the movie script signed by Kevin Smith, one of 45 different comic videos, Creative rights to each PFP, including the ability to monetize it. Participation and opportunity within the Kilroy was here creative community. What is the price of the NFT? So apparently $180 in a skirt for public with no whitelist or $130 for a skirt whitelisted, which is a 25% discount. Did we ever make that much off the site? Yeah, kind of. I think so. <laughs> we, 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 we could tap into the Patreon money. Support yeah. our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc <laughs> if you want us to, to buy, buy Kevin Smith's NFT. dumb Kilroy was here yeah. NFT movie. Wait, does that, <clears throat> does that let us host it? I think so. I think you get to own it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll own it publicly <laughs> on our website. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder about that. I don't Did know. you hear about the guys who bought a NFT, or they bought a copy of of the Dune book, the one that um, what's his name made, uh, the crazy person? What? You didn't hear about this? I'm sure that you did. I'm, I'm just forgetting the guy's name all of a sudden. He's a he's a director who did the Holy Mountain. Yodorowsky. Yeah. Yeah. So Yodorowsky was going to do Dune. He put together like a pitch to make the movie. Dune. Yeah, of course. There's, yeah. there's a famous documentary about it. Right, right, right. Anyway, these guys bought a copy of the Dune Bible that Yodorowsky made, all these like images and Ooh. art ideas and whatever. He put, packed them all into a book and used it to try and uh, to generate revenue to like to get funds to make the movie. Anyway, obviously it didn't work, but the but they ended up with a bunch of these Bibles floating around. So these guys bought a copy of it at auction with the intention of trying to get it made into a movie hmm. and um and then of course after paying i think i think the auction was like fifty thousand or forty thousand dollars or something for the book they paid like a million dollars for it to try and get it and it was this like big organization the guys put their money together to, to make the movie they buy the book and they start trying to make the movie and then their lawyers are like you fucking idiots you bought a book you did not buy the rights to make a movie you'd have to talk to the herbert estate and the and the whatever whatever <laughs> and of course now they have this like super overpriced book that they can't resell and they're trying to make a non- Non Dune IP like Im- reimagination of the Dune, whatever. Anyway. 
they, they, they can't even publish the book for sale because it's yeah. all yeah doomed. yeah it's, yeah <laughs> yeah it's all it's it's it's, fu- it's full of IPs yeah that's uh, delightful that's very very funny I mean I wonder though if you can sell it as like a historical artifact of the production of Jodorowsky's Dune like that's well there's apparently there's like twenty of them floating around a bunch mm-hmm. of people have them as keepsakes or whatever yeah but even even the guys who own original art the, the, all those original art comic books are not they're they're still licensed yeah yeah just because you own the comic book doesn't mean that you get to go and do stuff with the ip yeah you know, like, i mean it makes sense that you can't make a movie out of it but i'm just saying but i was wondering if you could like sell a book called dune <laughs> no no but like sell a book <laughs> called like jodorowsky's dune bible you know, like, that seems like a book that's more sellable. Sure, until you start getting lawsuited for putting a book out there starring Paul Atreides. Remember, Warner Brothers put out a movie called Dune last year. I don't, I don't know that they're going to be very, very generous with this. It's mm, true. Especially not new Warner Brothers. Those guys really? are crazy. Goddamn new Warner Brothers. Also firing, like, multiple, like, POC from, like, their executive staff and whatever. You're like, oh, no. Someone was like, what was it? Someone posted the best, like a couple of like, yeah, a couple persons of color were, were let go from like various like WB like positions of power. And they were just sort of like, so if you learned about like the, uh, like the Tulsa massacre from Watchmen, or you learned about like what, uh, sundown towns are from like Lovecraft County, maybe you'll understand why having like black people in your creative division can be important. <laughs> like Yikes. explaining some of like, you know. <clears throat> racial history of like of america in fiction is is a valid thing to do and you're like and if you think that's going to keep happening when there's yeah, wait, they gutting everything no, but yeah a bunch of the pattern? execs got yeah a bunch of like a bunch of the creative execs and stuff like that got got slashed out and whatever wow. and like not exclusively black people but like a, like a, more black people than you would want to see getting fired in like a big old cut right, know, like, right right and less wow. of them less left behind. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You're like, keep, keep this doing is the what... Warner Brothers that brought us such hits as The Matrix Four. That's right. And what else have they done that's knocked it out of the park in the last year? I feel like Warner Brothers has been fucking doing well, garbage. Not necessarily like bombing, right? Like they did Batman. Batman was great. Yeah, but it's okay. it's not them. It's the people replacing those guys. Right, the the big merger came in and yeah, it's Discovery. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the. It's not like it, it's it's the merger, and then they're 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 trimming the fat all over hmm. the place. But it's like at the same time, these are like, the guys that canceled the Batgirl movie. That's made right. <laughs> Which has to be the worst, the worst movie of all time. We must well, see it. And apparently, uh, but apparently, a big big thing of that too is they just. Did you hear that rumor that it was like? It's because it's not good enough to go to theaters, and they absolutely refuse to put DC properties straight onto streaming because they think it devalues other DC properties or something. Like that's the like wow. apparently that's part of the underpinning thing. Okay, but so the, how can you say that out stupid. loud and then look at D plus putting out Marvel show after Marvel show and Star Wars show after Star Wars show that just makes money hand over fist. Yeah. Like, how can you be and, an executive? And and simultaneously, be like... you're releasing Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, and you're releasing <laughs> like like that's your that's what you're going to to cinemas with. Yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four. Wonder Woman eighty four. <laughs> like, 
Uh, man. Right? Like, yeah. how could you look at Baby Yoda and just be like, ugh, devaluing the Star Wars brand much? We're not going to do that, right, guys? Ugh. Well, I think a bunch of people did look at Baby Yoda and said, ugh, de- devaluing the Star Wars brand. Yeah, and those people were not the ones cashing the Baby Yoda toy checks. <laughs> True. They True were facts. a lot of it, and they were like, there is value in this brand. Oh, yeah. And it is cash money. It is yes. lunchboxes and Legos and uh, Man. stuffed dolls, and they are everywhere. Stupid Obi-Wan. I read a news article the other day that apparently Obi Wan's like, not for us. It's for people that the Phantom Menace is their Star Wars. It's, it's for Clone Wars. But it doesn't. Fans. It doesn't matter who it's for. It just makes Obi Wan like we talked about this on the show a bigger and bigger shit. Did you watch a lot of Clone he Wars? He could have killed Vader. I watched it all. He could have killed Vader. You watched just all of Clone Wars? To. Oh no. no, I haven't watched all of Clone Wars. I couldn't do that. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I tried. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's like my. How far are you? How much is there? I don't even. I don't even it's know. Like it's like five seasons. And I'm, okay. Like five full twenty-two episode seasons. Woo! And I of so, like you know, CG, right? Like yeah. quasi decent CG. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a cartoon. It, it looks like yeah. better than reboot, but not great. Not great. It's important. Yeah, no, Doesn't look great. Had its had a had charm to its crappiness. And so does yeah. so does Clone Wars. It's charming. Okay. It's very stylized. It's yeah. It's well animated. Um, it's by Dave Filoni, who did half of the Mandalorian stuff. Mm-hmm. With um, John Favreau as the other half, it's rough, and I don't. Why? I don't. And a lot it. of people love it. Yeah, people love this. They hold this up as like their version of Batman the animated series. Like they look at it, and they're, they're just, those people are wrong. <laughs> they're they're young. They're, they're ten to fifteen years younger than I am. It's mm-hmm. the only thing I can think of. Boy, do you think the kids are wrong, or are we out of touch? <laughs> Uh, that's probably the kids. <laughs> that's it. I just I don't I don't get it. But again, I have no love for the Phantom Menace. I I hate that trilogy. Yeah, because it's terrible, and you don't you shouldn't feel bad saying it. Yeah. It's fucking awful. And yeah, that... that's what I'm saying. I was like, just because you're like, oh, it's a kids show. I mean, dude, I I I with with like a joy watched all of Adventure Time, <laughs> like, and that's like oh, a younger yeah. kids show. And I was like, yeah, it's it was made for kids, and it's it's amazing. Gravity Falls is tip-top. Yeah. <clears throat> the Owl House. Just, the Owl House that's coming out now on Disney. It's amazing. It's great. I don't know what the Owl House is. What's the Owl House? It's the kids' magic comedy drama cartoon from Disney. Hmm. If you like Gravity Falls, you'll like the Owl House. They they. Is it the same guy? I thought he was supposed to be doing nope. something on Netflix. No, nope. completely different, but it's... Um, different fruit on the same vine kind of thing. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, no, freaking exactly. Clone Wars is not great. I've I've given it a go a couple times, mm-hmm. and it's just not great. Whenever I get to a point where, like, I don't know what to watch, and I've changed stream apps, like, four or five times, I'll go back and put Clone Wars on. It's sort of like a... You did this to yourself, Scott. You couldn't make up your mind, and now you're watching Clone Wars. I at least, I when I was watching it, I've maybe done, I think, like 15 or 20 episodes of it total over the course of like the last couple of years, okay. but I've been doing it with like a watch guide of the like, how to watch Clone Wars without watching all of Clone Wars. No, I'm muscling through one after the other. You're a fool. <laughs> it's your mistake. Yep. If, if nothing else, to get some context for some of the Boba Fett and Mandalorian characters... 
doesn't matter. They suck in the show. <laughs> Come at me. I don't care. It's... Well, apparently it also, so someone was like, I saw this like Star Wars meme thing or whatever, which it like Palpatine like figures pretty heavily as a bad guy, even though like Anakin, I guess, doesn't. They just have to like force Anakin to not really piece it together throughout the entire show. Yeah, like, the whole thing takes place between two and three. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. it, like, it makes Anakin's fall even stupider in that, like, there's, like, hundreds of episodes of him, like, kind of being a a bit of an anti-hero, I think, in Clone Wars, right? Like, he is still, like, a, a conflicted Jedi, but he's absolutely fighting on the side for good, working with Obi-Wan. But, like, with Palpatine pulling all the strings, and he just doesn't put it together enough when Palpatine is like, do you think I'm evil? And, like, number three, he should be like, yeah, actually, I do. I've spent the last several years of my life fighting against you, just it, wreaking havoc on the galaxy. How it, are we having it, this conversation? Fucking Jedi 101, you get dark force senses, and you're like, ooh, I sense the dark side of the force here. Like, isn't that a, isn't that a thing? Yeah. Doesn't Yoda do that from, like, planets away? Sure. Yeah, but that's it. But, I mean, I don't think to, that, that when Vader, that conversation happens... Not, not to Palpatine. Ta- to Vader. You don't yeah. think... Okay. They, they say that no, a but lot I, in but the trilogy, I, that, that Palpatine is so strong, and his number one thing is covering his tracks Hiding himself yeah, right. yeah. but okay. it's it's just it's specifically just like like i said it's when he did when he has that conversation with him he just hasn't put it together that like palpatine has been who he's been fighting mm-hmm. for a hundred episodes of show <laughs> like and he's like so that it makes that conversation in uh whatever the third one is what's the third one revenge of the sith that's the one <laughs> yeah it makes that conversation in revenge of the sith even stupider because <laughs> there's so much what should have been, like, Anakin being like, oh, I've been, we've been fighting Palpatine at every turn. And he's like, what do you, what do you mean there's another side of the force, Palpatine? <laughs> and so many clones get killed. So many clones die. They give them all names and, and little flourishes on their armor to differentiate them, and then they just fucking wipe them out. And the Jedi just keep moving on. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Like, they give them little character moments to introduce them as red shirts, and then <laughs> have them blown out of the water. Yeah, that's weird. Aren't they the heroes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. It's very strange. Anyway, yeah, fuck it, that be... show. Go watch Batman instead. Yeah, it's it's. I think the problem <laughs> is, in large part, that, like, like, but it's the, the clerk's dilemma. Back to Kevin Smith and the clerks, which is just like, man, there was someone who was just cleaning the toilet on that Death Star who got blowed up. <laughs> like, like they're just like the Empire is like the number one employer in the galaxy. You're like, sweet man, I got myself an Empire job. Okay, okay, but you got to remember the rem- the rest of that scene. Like, if I'm a roofer, I'm not going to take a job roofing at a mob guy's house because I know it's bad. Yeah, and I might get assassinated. <laughs> sure, but that's not the mob. It's a government contract at that point. It's not the mob. It's the government. Are they the best government in the world? No, but I'm like, man, they're probably got the best benefits and like union stuff. Like, Keith, I would go even further than no, that clerk's conversation. No, fuck that. If you are 19 years old and you live in America and you go to join the army, you know you're signing up to join the fucking evil empire. 
if you're joining the army, but I'm saying not just joining the army, like I said, like it's the roofers and the toilet cleaners and whatever else like that who are just like, oh yeah, I took like a contract to like work on this like military base pushing a mop. Like that's fine. I took a cleaning oh, contract. Oh shit. You think just any contractor gets on the Death Star? They got to have special military clearance to be allowed to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so you know what you're getting into. And even then, the know. janitor that goes work at the military base knows it's a military target. They don't go military in there. Target, sure. They don't go in there going like, "Man, this nuclear silo is uh, the safest place for me to be every day." And what? I, it I, might be used to murder millions of innocent civilians. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I agree that it's not it's not without its risk, but the, it is certainly not like the Jedi are killing stormtroopers left, right, and center, and clones who are like still people left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. The clones are even worse because they're just like five minutes old. They don't know anything. They're just like they're just told what to believe. They're just like wait, no. wait, wait. They come out of the clone vats and they go straight to war. Yes, that's new. Really? Yeah, they get huh. like they 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 come out like full, fully adults, ready to fight. Yes, Weird. except yeah. for. Django or Boba. Yeah, like, Boba. like 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 they they specifically like cloned up a, a, a little kid for Django no. to raise, but yeah. like otherwise, huh. like otherwise they they come out they come out Django. Neat. Um, yeah. Speaking of government contracts, have you guys watched any She-Hulk? No, not yet. All I heard, all I heard is that she twerks, and it got a whole bunch of people pissed off. Yeah, it in, rustled Jimmy's. In a post, yeah, Jimmy's were rustled all over the internet. In a post-credit scene with Megan the Stallion, that's doesn't count it wasn't a plot point and even if it was who cares yeah exactly you have it Megan the Stallion on the on the show you do it uh mm-hmm. the the plot of the first couple episodes or the second and third episode is she gets assigned to do the um parole case for abomination huh. Tim Roth abomination Tim Roth abomination and he goes, she goes in to, to meet him, and she's like, you're the bad guy. You tried to kill my cousin. He was like, okay, but, like, I didn't think I was the bad guy. I got hired by the American government to go get this guy and arrest him. And then the American government gave me this treatment to give me these powers to go arrest someone. The American government told me was a monster that was a threat to national security. She's like, uh, oh, <laughs> okay. okay. It's like, I didn't do anything wrong until at the end of the day when they were just like, he's gone. I was still there. They threw me in jail and it's been seven years. <laughs> well, we like, know he gets out though. Plot point. What? That's a plot point. But I mean, but I'm just saying is we know we get out because he gets, Which he, is a he, fight, he fights with Wong and Shang-Chi. And she has to deal with that when that hits the internet during the parole hearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I've heard good things about it, though. Like, it's certainly I want to it's it's on my on my to do list. Yeah, no, it's it's fun and it's fluffy and it's. I've heard a League of Their Own is also really good. Like, multiple people have told me they were like... What's a League of Their Own? The Amazon, I want to say. Prime? Mm-hmm. Prime has done a, uh, a reimagining of the beloved film League of Their Own. As a series. And mm. As a series, yeah. And, and which is like... Which is a movie that is, like, better than, I think... Not to say it has any right being, because it's, like, a well-crafted film with, like, good actors and all that stuff. But I was like, man, I don't know if you ever watched A League of Their Own. That's great. Like, yeah. recently. Not it's recently. like, it's a real good movie. It's, like, 
feel good performances from everybody like sports good sports movie. stuff yeah exactly that's it it's like a it's, it's that whole like when when the men went off to war no one could play baseball but the women is uh like based on that true thing that happened in america where they had uh, women's baseball leagues in the 40s yep. scott it was world war ii yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. So they had they had lady baseball leagues in the 1940s, and then obviously it's a and all these athletes like con- show up, and they're just like, "Great, put on these skirts." I'm like you can't you can't play baseball in skirts. I'm like we can't sell baseball in pants if you're playing it. Yeah. So they have all those tribulations from that. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's a it's a fun thing. Tom Hanks plays the uh, the drunken coach. Uh, Gina Davis is the lead. Gina Madonna. Davis, Madonna, Lori Petty, and yeah. Um, Rosie yeah. O'Donnell. Yeah, that's it. They're the uh, they're the main leads. It's a fun film. Anyway, apparently the show does a, a really good job of like taking that idea and like putting it to series and it makes uh, perfect sense. You have a whole two seasons to of baseball to play out. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Either the, it it happened for two years and you have an entire an easy fill roster of characters, right? Like mm-hmm. you you have a whole baseball team. There's multiple baseball teams. There's there's all kinds of stuff that probably like you can you can write into that time. People like period piece stuff too, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yeah. Amazon oh. is catching hell for their rings of power. If you is it hot trash? Following the drama about that, I mean, what do you what do you think? I've watched it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. how did it go? It was fine. It was great. It was better than The Hobbit. That's not hard. No, <laughs> but that's a minimum bar. It had to leap. It, Sarah it was like, oh, she's like. The best was we were driving in the car. Sarah was like, "Oh man, Lord of the Rings would be like kind of like a like not that bad of a TV show, right? Like if they just like sort of like stretched it out and like you kind of got to like meet all the characters." And I was like, "Oh yeah, but it's not that. It's 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 based on like thirty pages of like one of the appendices." And she's like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "It's not like the movies stretched out into a show." Yeah, no, it's, it's not. This, that it's this other thing that no one's heard of and features no beloved characters that anybody would recognize. What, what is particularly awesome is they did not get the rights to anything in the Silmarillion. So, so it's really the 30 pages of appendices. Exactly, exactly. With yeah. everything made up. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's high fantasy stuff with Elrond and Gladriel as OCH teenagers that are also I don't hundreds wait of years. For rings of power to be forged. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> California, here uh, we come. Yeah. Uh, did anyone watch House of the Dragon? No. no. I've heard real good stuff about it. Uh, like, a lot of people are like, it is it is a return to form for the Game of Thrones TV-verse. Huh. That just means it's going to hurt you later on. I know, that's what I'm saying. And, <laughs> and, and, and like, already the, like, the, the behind-the-scenes turmoil seems to have commenced. <laughs> Which is like like so apparently the first season's very good, uh, and I'm like I'm kind of like like where I'm at as a as a watcher, is I'm like I kind of almost want to wait for the whole first season to be like okay like I'm, I'm anybody could do like one or two good episodes just a bunch of Targaryens running around doing Targaryen things but I'm like give me a season with a story arc and then maybe I'll if you say that whole season was good I'll get into it then. But then apparently the first season is pretty good, but already like the showrunner has like left for greener pastures. So I was like, "What does that mean? Like that's not good. That's they f- don't have this guy locked up for like." That's Frank Darabont leaving The Walking Dead. That's what that is. <laughs> Fuck. Is that. Frank Darabont fucking on that show? No, he was the Walking Dead guy for the first season, and then he got into all kinds of pissing matches 
with it, with the the network. And he was like, and fine, see. I'm out. And, and then The Walking Dead became a shitty show. Right. Right. But <laughs> Frank Darabont was is like fucking awesome. So whenever a show is good and then the showrunner gets into a fight and leaves. And then leaves. Right. You get all of the suits coming in and making the show whatever they wanted. Fuck that. Yeah. Did you guys see The Mist? What? Yes. No. Frank Darabont's The Mist. The... He made... So Stephen King originally wrote The Mist, right? And yeah. Stephen King said of his film, I wish I had ended my book that way. It's it was, it was like ending. way more hardcore and way bleaker than anything I could have thought of. Yeah, it's, Alan it's Taylor one. to replace him. It's John. It's one of the darkest endings to a movie. Oh my God. It's fucking yeah, horrible. It's so dark. <laughs> it's so dark. I, and, it, and it's like... Well, the whole movie, you're expecting it to go... Anyway, uh, you really should check out The Mist, Keith. It's, it's something it's else. It's the one in the mall, right? or the shopping center, no? Like no, the grocery no. Store. They're, in, it's, they're in like a little a little grocery store, and then yeah, there's Mist, store. and then there's monsters that show up out of The Mist. I have seen this. Yeah. I just... All of the people from The Walking Dead are in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all of them. Uh... It's dumb. Anyway. It's, it's weird, and it's dumb, and it's goofy looking until you get to the last... 10 minutes and then it ends and you're just like oh fuck wow. that's that shouldn't have happened who let that happen um so the guy the guy who stepped down his name was uh miguel sapo sapochnik sapochnik this is off of uh house of the dragon yeah exactly that's okay. it so he at least he he hasn't it's at least publicly hasn't said create a difference he just said it was uh too exhausting he's like it's just like way too ambitious and there's way too much going on and he was like it just completely drained me to do it and he's like i can't imagine doing that for More. like years on end so at the very least it's not that and then there he was he was co-running it with uh the other guy and the other guy's sticking around and they're bringing in an alan taylor who was a producer on the og game of thrones hmm. so anyway so at least it's not necessarily creative differences. At least that, that not that they're saying publicly. But I could kind of see that too, where you're like, "Hey, you got you got the the Game of Thrones spinoff," and then you're like, "Cool." And then you do like a real good job with it, but you're like, "I don't want to do this for the next six years." This was, well, that was some... you also don't want to run the risk of turning into a Blaze and Denioff. What was the, the name of the team? You don't want to like like Weiss you could Benioff. Weiss and Benioff. You could do like your very goddamn best, and then circumstances and post whatever editing interference, and then the fucking whole world hates you, and you were just doing the same thing you thought you were doing before. Yeah, you and know? at least at least with this one too, they have all the source material, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. Blood and Sand is a written book. It is not necessarily like a fiction book, like in the in the traditional sense. It is like it's fiction. It's a historical fiction piece, yeah. right? Like it's not written like a novel. But they at least have all of the plot points and turns and betrayals and whatever else like that are, are there. So they don't need to, like, freestyle it at the back. Oh, man. Did he um, talk yeah. about this departure and, and working difficulties at a press conference immediately after winning the heavyweight championship of the world? Oh, we're going to talk about this? Because that was are you Are you friends with Steve Colton? <laughs> Uh, are you no? Are no, you? Are you? I want to know before I answer this question. No, are you friends I, with Steve? Cole? I haven't spoken to him in years. I just I took a class with him. <laughs> okay, because if you you know if you were at journalistic integrity, I would and you were asking me this question, I'd want to know if you're friends with Steve Colton. Scott <laughs> Scott Colton Scott Colton Scott Colton Scott Colton. <laughs> The best people are so mad. This is wrestling, right? Correct. 
I, I watched. Did you watch the press conference? I watched. I didn't watch it all. I, I just I seen clips. I it's all, so funny. I watched all. But like some. Tony so, Khan. See, so what, Tony what Khan looks like he wants to eat an egg. <laughs> sitting there next to him. Anyway, so CM Punk is like obviously turning heel and and work, working the planet. It seems in this point, where he's faked injuries, exacerbated injuries, then got fired up by his friend coming out. So then he decides to have another title match, wins the title match, and then just goes on this tirade on his press conference, shitting on other wrestlers, other EVPs. Someone, some press conference person asks him a question about Cole Cabana, who he like famously had a falling out uh, with like 10 years ago, and just starts shitting on him, just swearing at everything. It's the greatest. But a lot of people have said, they're like, hey, you know... The WWE pipe bomb worked because they like you know like they cut his mic and they made it look like he wasn't supposed to be saying that. But you're like, Tony Khan could could cut his mic. He's sitting there. You're like, how are people being worked by this so hard? Yep. Like they want to be. No, dude, dude. <laughs> this is the worst. Like, like the comments are just sort of like, this isn't even fun to watch. Like, it's like it looks like nobody's having fun at AEW anymore. Like, I thought this was an alternative, and it seems like it's just the same bullshit. It's like, like wow. the reactions are like. Boy, this company is like we thought there was a different type of wrestling company, but look at what's happening here. Like it's falling apart at the I, seams. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that press conference was the most sports-looking press conference. Absolutely, I've it was. Seen. A they started doing them and trying to play them like UFC, mm-hmm. and everybody knows also like that the UFC stuff always pops when people call out each other, yep. like for sure. And you're like, also all of like AEW has the the. The, the optics problem that everybody in the company are real world friends, right? Yeah. Which is like hard to sell your fake fighting product when everybody's like, oh man, all the guys backstage get along and that's great. Everybody's so happy together, which is like if you're if you're in the business of like blurring the lines between fantasy and reality, that's bad for business. You need for to sure. try to like you need to try to sell people that they actually hate each other. So like, yeah, let punks swear at every one of your top guys. A lot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Adam Page went into business for himself. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, great. I just I do not understand. Like a bunch of the the comedian guys are going to see uh, Dynamite in Toronto in the next week or two. Walter's like, I'm going to end up in a fight with some Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like. I don't understand how people do not understand that this is a work. The owner of the company is sitting next to him while he goes off on this tirade. If it wasn't in the script, he could be like, the owner of the company could be like, whoop, and like, put a hand over the microphone and usher him away. He owns the company, you know? It was was just, it was perfect. He was still bloodied up. They just threw a towel around his shoulders. Yeah. They gave him snacks. (laughs) Opening up the can of drinks and just yelling. (laughs) So he, he, because he didn't watch the whole thing. He dragged Colt's mom into it. He dragged Colt's mom into it. He did. He did walk it back with the re- reporter, though. That made it seem really real. He was like, "Look, yeah. I'm, I'm going to believe you." What happened? I'm sorry. So, Punk, like the whole story was when he left WWE, he thought that the the doctors there um, cleared him when he shouldn't have been cleared, and ended up getting him way more hurt because yeah. of it. And he had a staph infection. And was told to wrestle through it, basically. Yeah, and like like a dangerous thing, and totally worth getting mad at. And then on the Colt Cabana podcast, which Colt and Punk were friends, they came up through the Indies together. Um, 
it's it's like complicated and cold side of the story was like punk told me if i get sued for this he'll cover all the costs and then went off yeah because yeah like it's a, it was like a sounding board like this is what the company did i'm punk was like violating his contract big time naming names and line and like line by line this is the date this is what they told me this is whatever but that was a big breach of his wwe contract at the time and colt puts the episode up and and like calling out doctors saying you are bad doctors that put my life at risk like he got sued and then their friendship fell apart throughout the the lawsuits that that happened afterwards wait didn't he know that this shit was going to go live if he was talking on a podcast oh yeah but but then but then the like the lawsuits came in and colt was like well the lawsuits are coming in like how are we going to handle this and like punk's like i don't know man lawyer up and like and punk who has like you know wwe money and his indie wrestling buddy who does not yeah so that started like straining their friendship a lot. Nice. Like, they, punk... they absolutely knew that legal ramifications were coming but it was yeah. like a misunderstanding as to like again he's like my rich buddy's gonna help me out again that's right that's Colt's side of the story yeah punk has always maintained that he did pay for everything yeah but okay that discussion of who's going to pay for it and how's it going to work was enough for them not to be friends anymore. Real life. Okay. Don't like okay. each other. Yeah. And both of them kept wrestling or Colt kept wrestling and Punk kept not wrestling. And Colt Cabana got hired at AEW not long after it opened up. And then CM Punk came back to wrestle. And at now AEW. Colt's not on TV. Colt still has a contract, but he's not on TV. So some like a reporter guy was like, "Are you the reason that Colt's not on TV?" And he just goes off for like ten minutes. Yep. <laughs> through through changing subjects, he he circles back to it. Yeah. Like they they change subjects. They talk about Adam Page. They talk about uh, what's coming up next for MJF, and then he goes back and and starts digs in more, digging more on on Cabana, and it's like, oh that. Even work shoot, Tony Khan did not look happy. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is that, and this is, I mean, obviously I don't think this is happening because I feel that there is, there is real and legal animosity between those two. Mm-hmm. But people are like, man, if Punk and Colt have buried the hatchet and Punk just comes out and just, bl- or, and Colt just comes out and just blasts him with a promo on Wednesday. They're like, now all of a sudden we have a program between like Colt Cabana and CM Punk, even though. Cole Cabana has not been on television in like a year that we care about so intensely mm-hmm. that they don't even need to like book or build. Yep. <laughs> like they were like, if they buried the hatchet and have agreed to work together, this is the greatest thing in the world. I mean, goddamn Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels put on matches together a lot. Yeah. And those two guys really did not like each other. Yeah. They talk about that in the Netflix series glow where they're just sort of like, man, you don't always pick who you have great in-ring chemistry with. Could be a person you really don't mm-hmm. like. <laughs> if you got chemistry with them, you're you're working. Mm-hmm. The difference anyway, is it's I'm very sure... funny, but it is it is shocking to me that that people do not believe at least even if it is a shoot that it's like not at the very least a work shoot. Like like yeah. yeah, he's allowed he's allowed to say those things. The owner of the company is sitting right next to him. That 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 See, press conference can end real quick, you know? especially when he started taking shots at all the EVPs. Yeah, that, exactly. That was the it. big difference. Once he started going off on on Hangman and the Bucks and Kenny, I was yeah. like, Ooh, "That's that's not a that's not off the cuff anymore." They talked about what was going to happen first. Yeah, exactly. That's it. 
Man, that that whole entire pay per view. Did you look at the results of it? Yeah. <laughs> All of it was <laughs> night of the heels, baby. Yep. <laughs> Apparently, the crowd was so pissed, just so often. Yeah, for the the acclaimed match, that was the one. Everyone, the acclaimed match: everyone. Jericho going over Brian, Cage, Christian Cage going over Jungle Boy, Hobbs going over uh, Starks. Starks. Like they're like <laughs> faces can't catch a break. Yeah. In Chicago, and uh, then like and even Punk. Punk going over Moxley is still the heel going over, right? Cargill going you... over Athena. Yeah. Um, the Joker winning the Yeah, exactly. Match. He then teases taking off his mask and waves it off. So, like, oh, there's a, bi- a big battle royal that then a masked, a masked luchador, not a luchador, it's a masked wrestler shows up, wins, so it's not any of the characters you've been watching, and then <laughs> just, like, walks away, doesn't reveal who he is or anything. No, no. So you're like, he does. He reveals Not in the who episode. He is. Yeah, he does. He reveals who he is in ring, and it's that guy who's been a manager recruiting other people. And oh, then, Stokely. And then another guy shows up in a mask, and yeah, that's Stokely the guy who gives does him it. the chip and just walks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's Stokely who wins, and then Stokely just gives him the chip. Gives up the chip, and we don't know who that is because Stokely's been giving business cards to everybody for the last couple of weeks. Anyway, yeah, it's apparently the it was... A... The acclaimed one is the one where they're like, Tony Khan should have called the Audible to give the crowd what they wanted on that one. Because they were well, popping. They were off the chain. For loud. sure. But at the same time, I think they need... And again, in a, in a company where everybody gets along or whatever, I think it served well to... like, And, and also, apparently, Keith Lee and Swerve have been given permission to just go off on twitter right like they're pissing people off on twitter now at everybody who's mad at it so i think they're like oh yeah that like absolutely the acclaimed is going to get theirs but like it it cements another like actual bad guy tag team because there's so many there's too many good guys right now in yeah. aw so in that regard I, I think the booking yeah for sure the the like the roof would have blown off the place if the acclaimed one like from the highlights and stuff that i was seeing but i mean the Swerving, swerving, Keith Lee digging in on Inst- on Twitter and stuff like that now, and going real heel shit, being like, "Grow up, babies!" Like the better team won, and all that stuff, and like, and again, also pissing fans off is the yeah the theme of the theme of the show. And and to be fair, that was still the second worst, not giving the crowd what they want if it, match of the weekend. Oh, yeah, because then and then the books, uh, the Bucks and Omega go over the. Uh, no, it wasn't dark even. No, that that's. Third. But that was also that was also not well met. Yeah, yeah, but that was I, like when 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 uh, when Silver almost pins Omega. Yep. The the arena's exploding. That's that's still only third of the weekend because Clash at the Castle happened, the first match pay per view in the UK in thirty yep. years. They yep. have a freaking UK citizen challenging for the heavyweight title in front of yeah. 60,000 fans the first WWE event in 30 years in the yeah, UK. first pay-per-view first not pay-per-view. event not, pay-per-view yeah, well, yeah not house shows but no no but they've done Raws they've done Raws in UK okay but the last one was freaking SummerSlam 92 yeah last pay-per-view. pay-per-view and they yeah. put they put the British guy in the title match and have him get squashed <laughs> Yeah, and have him have him eat it to Roman Reigns. Well, because Roman can't, but like, and that's the dumbest booking because Roman can't lose until he fights The Rock. That's just that's just the reality. Then Roman's not losing for another six months. When are you gonna are you gonna wait thirty more years to give the crowd that huge moment? 
poor Drew McIntyre. Right. Remember when he won his big title on, you know, in Pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> in front of nobody, nope. his first title win. Yeah, and he was there with the full support of a nation behind him. Yeah, ready, ready to explode. Nothing. Put him underground. Yep. Triple H, pass the golden shovel. That's it, baby. Um, I think this has been the 90s, everybody. Woo. Tune in to uh, 95 Entertainment System Garbage Time, where I have a special treat, and it's we're going to uh, try to rank the Saturday Night Live films. Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to get a pencil on Bye. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.